speaking of sources, your website is a very good resource that people can use. What was your、yeah. motivation for, you know, creating the societies? So when I first started the societies, I was also kind of depressed. I was feeling like I didn't have a purpose, to be frank. So I feel like when I started it. I was really struggling what I wanted to do, especially when you're in a private school in the heart of Taipei that is extremely competitive. Everything every single person tells you is college application, college application, college application. And number one, it's really annoying because life is more than college. Okay, like if you don't go to college, you you're not gonna die. You still can live a very happy life. And even if you do go to college and get a good job, it doesn't guarantee that you're gonna you know be successful in your own definition. So, I was like 14 years old when I started the societies. I Did not even think about college application or things like that. I think I was just subconsciously very lost. I feel like so I wanted a platform where I can talk about things that I care about, talk about things that you know I think are important, but I don't understand why people aren't understanding the importance of it. I feel like. When I started it, I focused a lot on mental health and things like that. Do you think it helped? Like, do you think having this website changed you in some way?、Um, of course, as my platform expanded, I learned a lot about myself and also learned, you know, what I should or should not talk about, or what I am capable or am not capable of talking about. And I think. Right now, my blog has become something where I want to focus less on the statistics of things or things like that because I think it's not as powerful as sharing experiences, sharing your own voice instead of paraphrasing other people's work,、um, is more powerful. So that's just personally what I'm focusing on my blog right now. But yeah. Basically, every single social issue ties into mental health. Like I've written about, you know, body image issues, depression, toxic masculinity, LGBT issues, and all of them tie into mental health. And it just goes to show how broad the topic is and how prevalent it is in society. It's like in every single corner, and that's what's so scary about it. And I feel like people are really polarized about it. You either. Understand it very well because you're suffering on it, or you're completely oblivious about it and you don't care. I think there definitely needs to be more people that you know stands up for other people or reaches out to other people, open up new networks for them. And it's very hard. Please take care of yourself first before you help other people. But if you can do it, it's very important. I think. I feel like depression is one of those things where you kind of have to experience it in order to know what it is really like. Is there any way that you can kind of describe what depression feels like, and also address some of like the misconceptions about therapy and treatments? 
I can't really explain exactly what it feels like, but you just feel very stuck and it feels like the end of the world and that you're not going to be able to get through even like the next minute. But of course, it's different for everybody. Everybody suffers from depression in a different way. Sometimes it's caused by eating disorders. Sometimes it's caused by sexuality, not being accepted. And a big part of teenage depression is familial issues. Like I started going to therapy again, maybe like earlier this year, I think. And so far it has been good, but yeah, it's still very hard. I don't think there's an ultimate cure to depression. I think it takes time. And I know for all the depressed people out there, you're going to be really mad at me for saying that it takes time because Dude, I understand. Okay, I've been through this for a very long time. If somebody tell, tells me time through time, things will get better. I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, you told me that in fourth grade. I'm like going to 11th grade right now and it hasn't gotten any better. Like, what are you talking about? But I can't say much. I can only give my experience. And I think that's very powerful. I started out with art therapy. So in case you guys didn't know, there's a lot of different types of therapy. And as you know, society's developing, a lot of different types of therapies are coming out. I went to this thing called art therapy. In Chinese, it's called Yi Su Xing And it's basically like I will do arts and craft, and the therapist will, you know, determine my thoughts through the things I draw. I personally, from my experience, do not recommend it. Go to a proper therapist, please. Like, um, it might work for you. It's different for everybody, but it didn't work for me. So I stopped going for a little while. I see. I was actually very surprised when I learned about art therapy and music therapy, because when I think of therapy, for some reason, my mind automatically connects it with an interrogation. People that I have taken to the guidance counselors are always really worried, like, what is going to happen next? Like, what if they ask me a question I don't want to answer. Are they going to ask me questions? Are they going to tell my parents? Their purpose isn't to hurt you, to expose you to your parents and things like that, unless it gets to an extent where if they don't tell your parents, you're going to disappear off this earth to that extent. But it's their judgment. You might seem in, you might think that you're in a really critical stage and that you think that you assume that they're going to tell your parents, but that's not necessary they will most likely ask for your permission before they tell your parents. And answering your questions about like, is it like an interview? It's not necessarily, it really depends on you. A therapist doesn't really, you know, do stuff as a schedule. It depends on the person they're counseling. For me, I usually go in and my therapist, she'll ask me, how has your week been? And I'll just tell her how my week has been, the goods and bads, the emotions and things like that. And she usually just walks me through everything. It's not a set conversation. It has gone to a point where it's really natural. And if you feel like you don't know what to say or you don't feel like talking, that's like totally fine as well. I do feel like everybody just needs to be a little bit more open-minded and, you know, explore the different possibilities and different alternatives to what you have right now. I think asking for help also. There's a lot of resources that exist and it doesn't matter what 
other people think. Like, it's very hard for me to tell you that because you have to learn that yourself. But yeah, I think it's easier said than done, of course. What's really sad is that oftentimes we are not conscious of the fact that people are suffering. We sometimes forget, and it is only until a tragedy happens that this issue is being brought into the spotlight. Definitely, I think also a lot of people get really upset because you know things like depression and. Suicide and self mutilation is only made known when a tragedy happens. Like, it's almost like someone has to go in order for something to be seen. It shouldn't be that way. It should be like you're already seeing the problem before something tragic happens. And people seem to only care when tragic thing happens. So it's very sad, but it's the reality. Saying it's really bad really doesn't help. I think. It's very hard to say that you want change to happen because it's definitely easier said than done, and it's very complicated and very hard. Wise words. Well, Natalie, thank you again for this enlightening discussion, and for you guys out there who are battling your own mental issues, don't hesitate to ask for help when you need it. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.